Sup y'all, and welcome to episode two. Today, we discuss why we chose the Browns and Bengals of all teams. Keep in mind, we're not from Ohio. We'll also cover what went down on Sunday with our teams and whatever else we ended up seeing that day. You're listening to Sports Therapy. Welcome back to episode two of Sports Therapy. Me and my boy KTO are back. You can already see we wrapped out, man. We got the jerseys on. We both just saw our teams play, so we're going to definitely be reacting to that a little bit later in the show. To open up, though, we're going to talk about why we became fans of these particular teams. And also, we're going to kind of go into what our favorite sports are overall and why. You feel me? Tuesdays is going to be our day for uploading weekly podcast. We record Monday. We have to we have to have the time to be able to process it and upload and everything. So Tuesday is going to be the day that we upload and react to the Sunday's games, along with the topics that we bring up in the beginning. Um, and then, did you say that we got approved on Apple and everything? So yeah. So we also we just got the podcast approved for Apple, and we've already submitted it for Google Podcasts, Spotify. So we plan to bring it to all of the uh, the audio platforms. But it's just a little bit of a process, so it'll be there soon. If this episode isn't there, like the second this drops, by next week for sure, it'll be on all of them. But it'll drop probably slowly. It'll trickle to them throughout the, the course of this week. And we'll let y'all know like as it updates. I guess we'll jump in with this, bro. So you all decked out, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. know you had a long day yesterday, but before we get into all that, how did you become a Cleveland Browns fan? Like, why did you choose one of the historically bad franchises to be your squad? With, especially with you being like over, like <laughs> super intense with your fanhood, bro. Like, it's got to just be torture. Like, talk to me, bro. Well, okay. If this isn't clear for everyone else, we both aren't from Ohio. So it's right. like a weird. We chose. Two teams in Ohio were not even close to from Ohio. So let me take you back to my childhood. All right, all right. Yo. <laughs> I hurt myself today. Okay, anyway. What? So when I was a kid, <laughs> I grew up. I grew up loving just sports in general. Spanish dramatic. Yeah. No, you know me. I mean, if you see my videos, that's how I am. Super fucking but, dramatic. Go ahead, bro. You know, I grew up just obsessed with sports team uniforms, color schemes, all of that. And yeah. one of the first things I started doing was making these like cutout helmets and like drawing helmets on like uh, construction paper. And there's okay. a picture of me when I'm like three, four years old and I just put it on the wall. It was an orange helmet. It was an orange. It was a, clearly a Browns helmet that I had cut out. And it was my first like artistic side of myself coming out. And I was always attracted to the color orange. Don't know why it was just, it always spoke to me. And I don't know if that sounds weird or whatnot, but it wasn't like my, my logo was orange. It's not because of the Browns. It's because I just love the color orange and white and everything. And just the brown, orange, white color scheme I've always loved. It was mm. always the combo that people gave me like crap for. Yeah. But I always loved it. Like I always thought it looked good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I always had like this passive fanhood growing up, like in my early years, early childhood. 
Um, but into my teenage years, I grew an emotional connection to the Browns. They became sort of my spirit animal because I, I was so hard on myself. I was super insecure. I felt like I was against the world a little bit, like it was me versus the world at all times. Yeah. And that was the same time when everyone was making fun of the Browns. Everyone was giving them crap. They were always struggling. And I'm not that type of guy when there's a guy down over there and everyone's, you know, making fun of him. He can't get out of his own way and everyone's yeah. just giving him crap. Yeah. I can't just join the party of that. Like, it doesn't feel good to me. Right. And so I've always just had their back in that sense. Like, hey, we're going to get we're going to get through this. We're going to eventually find a way to 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 overcome this. And it's going to yeah. be so much greater than the teams when you just jump on a bandwagon. Yeah. And so You're then after a few hand. years. Yeah. So after yeah. a few years of that, I'm so emotionally attached to it. Like I'll go to church for three hours a Sunday and with my like inability to sit for longer than like two seconds without moving around, I had nothing else but to look at my phone and scroll through the game cast of the Browns. I did that my <laughs> entire childhood. I'd be sitting in church. I'll just be looking up and I'd be scrolling through the game cast and I'd be like, the Browns would be losing. And, uh, you know, so that's how I paid attention to it. I've hardly watched any games growing up. I just watched the game cast. Yeah. But I was still like emotionally there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's just kind of how it built. And then by the time I got to college, I started watching games more intensely. And I haven't really missed a game since like 2013, 2014, the Johnny Manziel era I was really on board with. And I've just committed since then. And yeah. it's been a brutal and <laughs> it's been a struggle, yeah. but you know, there's people who go, how can you handle that? How can you stay a part of that for so long? It's, it's not my choice. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm That's not it right choosing. It's, it's not me choosing to stay on board with what's going on. You know, yeah. it's just, I'm so far in deep that I can't change now unless I try to block it out and pretend like I don't care. Like that's not going to happen. So, you know, it, you look at why I would choose a team that I'm, why I would, jump on a bandwagon of a team that's not good, never been good, and doesn't look like they're going to be good. It doesn't make sense, but that's that's how it was for me. And it's, I mean, I'm going to turn it over to you because it's also interesting. Like, why would you choose the Bengals of all teams from yo, where you came from? Yo, first off, that story is crazy, bro. <laughs> like, that story is wild, bro. It's almost like you were just destined to be a Browns fan. Like, you was born a Browns fan before you even knew with who the Browns was. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's, yeah. That's wild. All right. So my story is way different, right? First and foremost, I am originally from Mississippi of all places, right? As you know, Mississippi does not have a team. So I was a free agent from jump, right? Now, my dad is a diehard Cowboys fan. Cowboys, replica helmets all through the house, all the jerseys. I was decked out in Cowboys gear growing up. You know what I'm saying? And I've always kind of yeah. had a soft spot in my heart for the Cowboys, but I never felt like that was my team. Like, that's my dad's yeah. team. You feel me? Um, yeah. On the piece of land that we live on, it's my house, then there's my granddad's house, and my uncle's house. Then we just, we walk back and forth from these houses without knocking. It's like one, like one big-ass house. You feel me? Um, yeah. My uncle, Eagles fan, diehard, go crazy. My granddad, Dolphins fan. Okay. And so to me, every male I know in my immediate life all got different NFL teams. So that's kind of like a rite of passage in my mind. Nobody's giving me this information. I'm just making yeah. assumptions and then just jumping as far as I can with it. Right. So I'm like, okay, I got to pick a team. Um, so I start searching. 
Now, I played wide receiver from the time I started playing football, right, until college. I moved to tight end. But <clears throat> so I always like I always watched the wide receivers. My dad put me on Jerry Rice and Michael Irvin when I was young. And, you know, I like those guys. Yeah. Come, in comes Chad Johnson. He got the gold teeth. You feel me? He looked like one of my cousins. Like, when I go to the family <laughs> reunion, that's what my cousin looked like, Chad Johnson. Just like him. Yeah. Dressed like him. Te- like, everything, right? Talked like him. He got the southern dialect. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, this is, I identify. You know what I'm saying? This is my yeah. dude right here. And he played the position I play. So, I really just get really into Chad. That's how I get into the team, Right? So I'm following Chad, and eventually I start to learn the rest of the receiving core. Okay, man, Hooch Mazada, like Chad's footwork is ridiculous. But, yo, Hooch Mazada, like you could tell his core is real strong. What he get in and out of his breaks is different from Chad, but he's still super effective. Chris Henry, long, lean, stretch the field at Z receiver. I started learning, like, different types of receivers, and I get really into it like that. This is middle school, early high school. Time goes on, bro, and I'm just a passive fan at this point still. I'm playing football myself. I'm not really thinking about the NFL that heavily. Like, you know what I'm saying? My fanhood ain't that strong at this point. I go to college. I play ball. Every now and then I catch the Bengals on TV. It's not really until I drop out of college and I'm working at – excuse me. I'm working in retail doing sales. The Bengals games, rarely ever, but, like, whatever happens, the Bengals end up playing this on TV. And I'm so invested. And I'm like, why do I care so much? Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't even understand it. But I'm pissed off when we losing. I'm super happy when we winning. I'm in a store in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, shortly after the Saints won the Super Bowl, not too long after that. Nothing but Saints fans. They hate every time I turn the Bengals game on. They're going to sleep or faking like they're going to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Giving me crap constantly. But I didn't care, bro. Just like this lone wolf. From Mississippi, living in Louisiana, who was a, a damn Bengals fan. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> I started learning more and more and more about the organization. And by the time y'all see me on the internet, I'm already, like, I'm full go. I, I'm already yeah. Bengal geared out. I've been getting ridiculed for this for years amongst my peers. So I'm used to it. You know what I'm saying? And it's so funny because I'm really not sure when it happened. But I just looked up one day, like I, like I said, I got into the team young, and I looked up one day, and I was emotionally invested in everything. I was emotionally yeah. invested when they win. I'm emotionally yeah. invested when they lose. I care about who we dropping, who we picking up, who we drafting, who we, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, damn, I'm a Bengals fan. Cool. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a loyal dude. Like, anybody know yeah. me, bro? If Sam. I'm down with you, that's it. Like, I will ride, like, to the end. And so that's basically where I'm at, and that's why... I've been all in. I'm still all in. I'm gonna be all in. You feel me? Yeah. Who that? Yeah. God damn it, <laughs> dude. I respect your loyalty so much because I feel that way about you know. That's how I am, and yeah. I think we both realize that about each other. We're so loyal to the things that we've grown attached to. Right. And so I think that makes being a fan so much better, though. Like it does. When you're cheering, when you're just watching games, and you're just kind of like, whatever. You're just kind of like a so-so bandwagon fan like you don't get the true fulfillment of winning one of those nail-biting games you don't feel the wrath the pain from those gut-wrenching losses that Which, when you win again i wish it's i could get so great but yeah when you yeah, win dude, you it's, it's amazing but my god when you lose it hurts bro 
It hurts. You cannot have <laughs> the greatness of those wins without the gut wrench losses. It's you a fact. Can't. This is the balance you of life. Can't. That's how things work. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah, and if you sit in the middle too much, yeah. there's not enough. There's not enough there to keep you passionate. Passion is everything when it facts. comes to football, man. And I learned that very young. So Facts, facts, yeah. facts. Boom. So, with that being said, so Brown's your favorite team. Um, I'm assuming that, well, I know you ran track in college. Yeah. Like, what's your overall favorite sport, you know what I'm saying, and, and yeah. why? Yeah, so, you know, growing up, I grew attached to football right away. And I love all sports. Like, my, my first word, according to my parents, was basketball, basketball, according to them. Don't know if that's true, <laughs> but that's what they say. Yeah. I just loved just, just ball games, man. I always just loved moving around, running around. But when I started playing football, it was the feeling of it, like a Saturday morning game when you're seven years old playing flag football. It just felt special, more special than going to the gym, more special than getting on the track, going on the baseball diamond. There was something else there. And then when, when you get your pads on for the first time and that helmet, it's, it's the most glorious feeling in the, in the world. You look in the mirror with, you know, you have your gear on and you see like a gladiator in the mirror. Yeah. And that feeling of like you're ready to go to war and you're like nine years old. Like I just remember how that felt. It was so special. And it all it helps that I was good. Like I was one of the better players on my team, scored a lot of touchdowns. But getting to those games and then being on the field for however long it was, hour, two hours, three hours, the the emotion, the the passion that I felt while out there just it, it felt like a war zone for however long and the atmosphere, the intensity, like the, the the like going back to the the losses, man. I I would cry after like heartbreaking overtime losses that like cost our teams the playoffs. I'd be like twelve, and it would be the worst thing. It would be it'd be just n nightmare. Yeah. But then I, we'd win like a crazy. Game. I remember like in ninth grade, we won a game. It was the two best teams in the in the uh, in the city, and our quarterback on the last play of the game with time running out, we had to score a touchdown, dove over the pylon, one of those like flip one, like over the top, flip in the end zone, like touches the ball with the, uh, the pylon with the ball. Yeah. And we rushed the field, the whole team. And it was like pandemonium <laughs> yeah. for like five minutes. And it was, it, but the emotion that you get from football, like that gladiator type of like you hit heads, like I'm weird, man. You call me a masochist. I don't know what it is, but when I get hit, when I get rocked, I love it. It brings out like the, the crazy man inside me. I'm like, let's do it again. Let's see what you got. Bring it. I'm yeah. ready for. I was always the smallest guy on the field, right? Yeah. So you light me up. It's like Rocky. It's like I'm coming back. Let's, let's see what you got. Yeah. So I loved that, and I loved the elegance of like juking guys out too, like getting the ball, bounce it outside, you know, hit a move on a guy and go the distance, like. I was obsessed with that. I just really? loved everything about it. I loved That's the crazy. Yeah, I love the elegance of like that outside game. That was more of my skill set. But then I uh -huh. loved the hitting, like the, the the hits. Like when I, it didn't happen very often. But when I lit a guy up, it feels good, man. You don't get that in other sports. Yeah, like you just don't get that same physicality. So a tier, that's football for me. It's like an a tier sport. Okay. And you know, I, I loved basketball. I, I love to go play basketball still, but it's it just doesn't reach the same level of emotional. Uh, investment that I get. And then I, I did track. I was a very talented sprinter, got a scholarship to do college track. Um, but it's not the same emotional investment either. It's an individual sport. It's about you when 
which is great for a lot of people, but the team aspect when it's, when you get all of these dudes on the same page, you get a guy that's like six, five, 300 pounds. And then you get another guy who's like five, eight, 140. Then you get like the baseball kid who's the quarterback. And then you get like some tall, lengthy kid who can high jump. You get him at receiver. You just get all these different types of dudes, yeah. put them all together and you come together to do something greater than yourself. So that's why football is the best for me. Yeah. I, I would say that is the probably the dopest thing about football is uh, the variety of people that you get in a locker room. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you, you're right. You're getting all type of skill sets, sizes, shapes, backgrounds when it's football. Basketball, a lot less so. With that said, basketball, because I've been in both locker rooms, basketball locker rooms are way more close-knit in my experience because it's yeah. fewer people. And usually you guys are a lot more similar than like, you know, football team have cliques, right? Yes, you know what I'm saying? True. Like it's a bunch of small individual groups on a team. That's just, it's too many people for everybody to be tight. It just, you know what I'm saying? It don't work out. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. Of the two sports, I probably can't pick my favorite, bro. Like football, my favorite sport to watch. I'll watch the NFL, any NFL game. I don't care. If it's on, I'll yeah. watch it. Basketball, I watch stars. That's it. All right, if LeBron playing, okay, Kawhi, like who who playing? You feel me? That's how I yeah. watch basketball. So when it yeah. comes to like uh, the product, like watching it on TV, I would definitely say I prefer football over over basketball. The problem yeah. with football, bro, is like when you done, you done. It's like yes. it's over. Whereas with basketball, I'm 32 and I'm still getting better like i'm still fine-tuning my game i could go to the court i don't need nobody i don't need no quarterback i don't need no pads all i need is a ball that i ordered off the yeah. internet you know what i'm saying he brought it to my door <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then i just go to a damn i find a court and i go and i get to work you know and so yeah. to me like i kind of i still do that like probably three four times a week it's like almost like a meditation bro because i like i think anybody likes but like i'm addicted to progression progress like yeah. getting better and so like if i hit if today i go and um i'm working on my pull-up jumpers I, I gotta go eight out of ten if i can't go at it eight out of ten i'm gonna be out here all day now i'm getting cardio because i'm tired you feel me because like i just yeah. went seven out of ten because i choked the last shot now i'm mad yeah. run my little up and down and so like for me like basketball bro it go it goes so deep like on a um like from a, a concentration like a concentration standpoint, like I get so much out of it. I can go to any court anywhere and kind of speak that language and instantly a bunch of dudes I don't know, because I'm not like the most social butterfly of a person, but on a basketball yeah. court, bro, I could talk to anybody. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, boom, and, and form friendships. And so I really, I really enjoy that about basketball, whereas football, when my college career ended, you know, as a few times, like I was back home and my boy who played quarterback in high school will throw, you know what I'm saying? And especially me, I'm a receiver. So like it's hard for me to really work. I could work on route running and stuff like that, but running routes when you're not running it against anybody is, you know, is you, I ain't going to say you can't get nothing out of it, but yeah. running up against somebody is a whole lot different. You know, you can't just find a pickup one-on-one -on -one football game. <laughs> like, no, you can't find exist. that, you know? And so that's my issue with with football, and I think it's why basketball has endured 
for me for so long. Yeah. Also, I'm from a basketball family. And so, yeah. like, everybody in my family, other than my dad. My dad was a football player. But, like, my brother, my uncles, like, everybody I grew up, my nephews also. We we hoopers. Yeah. Or they're real, they're hoopers, right? Yeah. I was like a full, a hybrid, you know? And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just always had that love for basketball, man. I think it's a sport that doesn't get its due. Like, as far as, like, the physicality of basketball, I really don't think a lot of people who haven't played, like, on a high level understand, like, yo, what, what are you talking about? Like, all them weak-ass fouls you be calling at the park, yeah, that we don't call that, bro. Like, what, you know what I'm saying? Like, that ain't no foul, bro. Get your, get up, bro. Like, make sure you finish that. And so, you know, I, I really got a, a soft spot in my heart for basketball. Football, still up there. Love it. Spend 90% of my time reading up on football, covering football. That's, like, yeah. that's – I love football. I really do. But I, I have, like, equal love, I think, for, yeah. for hooping. Yeah, the thing is, I don't disagree with you. I, I still go to the gym and I'll play, and I love pickup basketball. And the grind as the grind aspect that you were talking about, where you can go work on your jump or you can work on certain things, the free flow spirit of your own gym session is glorious. It's better than like I, I didn't like football practice. I liked basketball practice, and I loved practicing my my shot and my yeah. whatever my fadeaway, yeah. whatever it was. But I think one of the things that's interesting about the differences in our channels and like just our personalities is you always paid attention more to players. Like mm -hmm. you, you were more about looking at players. Like you said, Chad, Chad Johnson and Hushman Zada. I was yeah. always more about like the moments, the yeah. team aspect. I just yeah. love that. And so there's something about when you watch like an NBA game and it just gets to me, like it just bothers me how, how much it's about superstars. It's not about the team as much. And they obsess about that aspect of it. But like when I watch, the Browns play or any NFL game. It's almost like I'm living vicariously through them. My high school football career did not end on a good note. It was horrible. It ended with me having eight carries for eight yards. We got blown out by a bad team. I was crying. I couldn't deal with the, my emotions at the time. And that's how it ended. It's like the worst possible way to end that the sport that you sucks, grew up bro. loving. Yeah, that's tough. So the only way I can fix that hole in my heart is watching a team that I emotionally invest in every week. I can feel what's going on out there. Like the guy for the Lions that dropped the pass, the the open touchdown, I sat there for like 20 minutes just like getting emotional for him because I was like, I know how that feels to drop an open pass. I don't know how it feels to drop it for the game winner, so I can't imagine where that guy's at emotionally. feel yeah. bad for Lions fans, but I'm heartbroken for that dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so we're a little so, bit more similar than uh... – then you say, I guess because that one involves an individual and also yes. happens to be a moment, right? I can I can get on that uh, I can get on that sort of train where it's it, I I understand the players aspect, but I can I, I get back from that and it's like, you know, the Raiders game. It was fourth and inches for the ball game, fullback dive. I'm like literally, like my girlfriend was sleeping next to me. I jumped up and I was like freaking out and I woke her up. And I don't have any sort of attachment to either team. I just love the moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm not saying that you don't, but I just get obsessed with those more than anything else. And that's why I just, I love to do those in my videos. I love to make those moments seem so much bigger than they are because that's how they make me feel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, so, that makes sense, bro. That makes So, that yeah, makes that's, yeah, that's where I stand on that. I feel you. I just, and I'm going to say this real quick. I just always yeah, feel like, and because um, I'm into the moments, not as much as you. But I'm always interested in like almost you know how you zoom out, I zoom in, right? Like we can both do each thing, 
But like I more, I think I appreciate the zoom in a little bit more. You appreciate the zoom out a little bit more, right? Yeah. So you will look at that whole moment and be able to kind of capture everything that's going around, you know, around mm-hmm. that. I go like, let me just let me zoom all the way into this dude that dropped this, right? I want to yes. go back to his high school. I want to yeah. see what other moments, how many other times have he been in this situation? Has he come through, right? If, if he did come through, what happened? If he didn't come through, what happened? And, like, how do I think that has affected yeah. him mentally that put him in a position to drop this pass? And how do I think, um, based on his mental makeup, he going to shake back from this? Like, is yeah. this going to be something that now hunts him and can continue to be a problem? Or is the next time he going to snag that bitch you know what I'm saying? And put it up and boom, win the game. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's just interesting, bro. Two interesting ways to, to kind of look at it. And that's probably the dopest thing about football. There's just so much going on. Like you can have two channels about football that's about it's like two different, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like almost two different aspects of it because there's so much happening out there at the same time. I agree. Yeah. I agree, man. And I think that's a good way to wrap up the first section of this. I think you All right, cool. perfectly... Yep. It's time then. Cool. It's time then. It's time then. Uh, I'm going to reset cle- my camera. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Go, my camera's go, on go. like. Go, 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 go. Okay. We're good. We're good. You got it? We good? We good? We yes. money? Roll into it. Them Cleveland Browns, bro. How you feeling about them boys out there in the land? They went out that thing <sighs> and later in. <laughs> against the mighty Baltimore Ravens. And I got to know, how KTO feeling, bro? I saw a little something on Twitter you were saying. Yeah. How you feeling, man? You know, I, I took, I, I had a long moment with myself last night thinking about it. The thing is, everyone overreacts to the, the week one. And what I saw this morning, I feel like there's a major overreaction. Yeah. I was upset about some things, but I'm not upset about the loss, not even the blowout. The thing is, you took a Ravens team who is ready to contend for a Super Bowl, who's been together. That offense is unstoppable. I don't care what defense you put them against. I don't care what defense you put them against. The Browns team is a new coaching staff. I already said this. I, I predicted this on the first podcast. I said they're probably going to get blown you out. Did. I'm you did. not shocked by that. I guess I'll just roll into what I'm upset about. Uh-huh. I was watching that game. And, okay, you know when you're playing football and it's like two-a-days and then you start getting ready for uh, the first like little team scrimmage and it's like the watermelon scrimmage. You know, the parents can come by. There's going to be some watermelon on the side and we're going to watch them play a little scrimmage game. Yeah. That's what that game felt like. It felt like watching the <laughs> first team beat up on the second team and just like getting pumped and you see those poor second team guys just kind of walking off the field, dropping passes. Oh, I guess we'll just get ready for next week. Yeah. It felt like there was no passion from the Browns. And I get that they're trying to establish a new, like stay even killed because they'd get too high last year and then get punched in the mouth and get too low. Yeah. So I can understand they're trying to establish a new mentality, Mm -hmm. but it was like every time they would show off one of the dudes, the, the look on their face, it looked like they were defeated before the game started. Even after like good plays, it was just like it, there was no emotion. I was bored. Like my, my girlfriend was watching with me, and she gets into games, man. And she was asleep in the third quarter, and I had to switch the game because I was like getting drowsy. I mean, it was a bad game by then, but I turned on the Raiders game, man, and there was an instant like electricity that went through my body. They were hitting hard. The guys wanted it. It felt like legit. And it made, because I was getting worried. I was like, this isn't a Browns game. What is this? I'm not even excited right now. And uh, 
I, as soon as I changed the game, that football like spirit came back into me. So I think it was just it was a terrible week one matchup for the Browns. Um, I think we're going to see a new team moving forward. I think I think there was just too much that they had to try to get together in their first official game with a new coach, new coordinators, new pieces, new offense. The offense did not look anything like what it did last year. And I'm actually excited because I, I liked the potential of it. Um, because last year, Baker would drop back, deep drop backs, and get sacked like 10 times a game. It was so bad. I didn't see that kind of stuff this game as bad. There's some issues there. Baker, there's some concerns. And the last thing I want to touch on is, is Odell. I think a lot of people are really off the Odell train right now, and I can understand it. I'm not even sure where I lie, but I realized something, What's and that? this is obvious. Dude, they don't take the cameras off that guy. He drops a pass, and they're like in his face. They go to the sideline. It's the the Ravens are on offense, and they're like in his face. He's and a star. What do you say? He's a star. I know and he but wanted it's like, to be a star. I love Odell, I but know. I'm saying now you it's, can't it's, say I want to be a star, and then when you become a star, be like, yes. oh. You know what I mean? Like, that's, you know, Odell, that's my dude, bro. Real talk. But I'm saying he wanted to be a star. He is a star. And, like, and yeah. that's just kind of what come with it. I understand, man. But I think it gets blown out of proportion because I think he didn't play good. I think he, he was not there mentally. I don't know yeah. if it's from the off-the-field stuff. But I just don't think he was, he was ready for that first game. But I think it's getting blown out of proportion. I want to see what happens over the next few weeks. Yeah. Jarvis and and, and – and Baker in their first year were okay. It was kind of like a there was something to be desired. Like you wish there was more there. And over time, it seems like they've built a better connection. They had a good first few catches, but then I don't know what happened in the second half. But I can see it working with Odell. They just have to give it time. There's a new offense. They don't even know who they're going to attack with because they were down so much by the third quarter. Like you change your game plan. And that's what people don't get about blowouts. You know what I'm saying? Like that game was 10 to six. The Browns had the ball. They were driving. It was third and four or something like that. They throw a crossing route to Odell and he drops it wide open. Yeah. It was a gut-wrenching play. And then obviously we have the worst kicker in the NFL. He blows it. It's awful. And then the, the Ravens take 40 seconds to go down and score right before halftime. Boom, 17-6, deflated team, de deflated locker room. And that's how quick things change. Why do y'all give up? So, and I said this last week. Y'all so weak. Like, you think they gave up after that? that I don't think they gave up after that. 11 I think points they gave up after the over? next touchdown. I think the Ravens get the, the ball first? The Ravens the got the ball first, and they just and rolled down the field. Well, mm. actually, I think they got stopped. Browns got stopped, and then they went down. I can't remember. But they went and scored. And when it, once it was 24-6, it was the, the nail was in the coffin. And, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's not a good look if they're giving up that quick. So I don't know how I feel about that yet, but I'm not selling the stock. You know what I'm saying? I'm not selling the stock because we just played one of the best teams. We like we agreed on this. The yeah. Ravens no, in week sure. one are – no like their record, someone sent it to me, like of the last three or four opening days, they crush people. They crush people. That ain't they the got issue, it together. Though. That's not the issue. What I said, and I said this last week. I said we both, me and you, agreed that y'all were gonna lose. We also agreed that y'all were gonna probably lose bad. What I said yeah. was, how do y'all react to the L, bro? That's what I wanted to see. Now, and why I didn't see like a post game meltdown, and then I didn't really follow any of that stuff, so I don't know if it yeah. happened or not. But yeah, like y'all lay down. Like, and like to me, it just it's something that um, 
that really worries me, bro, about uh about y'all's team because I just feel like y'all get down so easy. Yeah, it's like it's like y'all almost like bullies. You feel me? Like if y'all go play like a trash team, oh y'all poking your chest out, you're dancing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then the second yeah. y'all play a real team and they punch you in the face, y'all be like, oh, you know, I don't want to play anymore. It's like, bro. Yeah. It's just, you know, I, I just, I don't know, man. Like, the personality of y'all squad, I just, I want to see more. It, you're right. It was the first game. Let's definitely not overreact to it. But, I mean, I just want to see y'all have more resilience, bro. And, like, drop y'all nuts, bro. Like, if you take the L, take the L, but go out like men. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't lay down, bro. Here's what I'll say, the last thing, and then I want you to take over. But as much crap as the Hugh Jackson-led Browns got, yeah. as much crap as they got, dude, I loved watching those teams because I knew they weren't as good as most teams they played. They but played, those though. dudes fought, man. They played hard. They would fight till the end. They would they would lose games in like some heartbreaking fashion because they would have Deshaun <laughs> Kaiser <time>. or Josh <laughs> McCown throwing yeah. some stupid pick. But they would – like I loved those dudes. Yeah. A bunch of no-names who just did whatever it could to hang in the game. That's yeah. why I, I don't care that they went one in 15. They fought. So fight. this team, and I, I'm saying this, uh, this is my overreaction, it's a, and, and I hope it changes. It's a team of a bunch of star individuals who go into their own world once things break down. I see the same thing. And, I, and until that changes, man, they are going to continue to roll the bad teams and then get punched in the mouth and lay down against the good teams. And that will get, that'll get them nowhere. I agree. But I, agree. I think we should transition because I only saw the highlights you and I saw, saw your tweets. <laughs> Talk to me, man. Talk to me about the Bengals. Hey, hey, Cincinnati. We <laughs> won, baby. <laughs> so, bro, Cincinnati. Let me let me start with this, right? Because I can't really go in the same order that I went, like as it was happening. I could just give you my perspective now as I'm back from it. So let me first yeah. say this. I'm incredibly proud of my team incredibly proud of my fucking I mean I curse so much sorry but I'm passionate about this right it's all good I'm incredibly proud of my team my defense dog we didn't even have Geno Atkins and DJ Reader the D tackle we picked up got hurt like in the third second or third quarter and he, he yeah. was out so we're down both of our D tackles our defense were coming down laying hats bro Jesse Bates um free say that the way out of Wake Forest I think I talked about him in the last one Love that dude, bro. Super underrated. Nobody know about him yet, and they won't unless we ever get good. But, dog, yeah. he was coming down making plays, bro. They caught a bogus one on him on Mike Williams. Um, he lit Mike Williams up on the sideline, but the man was running down the sideline. It's a 6'5", 240-pound man. You got to hit him hard. Jesse ain't that big. Anyway, my defense really laid it on the line. My offense in the second half picked it up. The first half, bro, Bobby Hart. My right tackle was him and John Reese. Him and John Ross was the only two people on the entire team who didn't show up. And I love John Ross, bro. I've been yeah. holding out for John Ross for years. You feel me? For years. Yeah. But he did not show up. He had a ball, a touchdown pad go straight through his hands. And he looked like he wasn't out there. He had that Odell space look. Yeah. Then he dropped another one at the end of the game on the sideline. He bobbled it. He caught it, but you know he didn't get his feet down because he's bobbling the ball. Everybody else showed up, balled out. Bobby Hart, my right tackle, was horrible. If not for him, I honestly believe we win that game. Joe Burrow, as advertised, dude, cool, bro. Man, so cool under pressure. He was getting rocked in that first half. He got hit yeah. six times. He got sacked three times. 
Okay, not crazy numbers, but you know, in that first, that all pretty much was all in the first half. He was getting smacked for a rookie. He was finding a way, bro. He never lost his composure. He never hung his head. Like he ain't never do none of that. He just he kept fighting and kept finding a way. And we had a chance to win that game at the end. He drove us all the way down. Well, before he drove us down, he threw a shovel pass interception to Melvin Ingram. Terrible play. Yeah, I saw that. We was we was down three at the time. Terrible turnover. The time before that, Joe Mixon, who hasn't fumbled in three years, fumbles. So twice when we was down three points, we've turned the ball over and put defense. But our defense, um, you know, they held them to no score on both of those turnovers. So we still just down three. Joe get it back the last time. Two minutes left, no timeouts. Drive us all the way down the field. Throws the game-winning touchdown to A.J. Green. That's all. Him yeah. and um, Tracy Hayward, good corner from the, for the Chargers. I hope I'm not messing his name up because I respect the dude. He called. Anyway, him and A.J. are tussling in the end zone. He got A.J. wrapped up. AJ pushes off. They hand fighting. They've been fighting all, like, all game. The ref decided to throw this one on the game when he touchdown, bro. First game, he almost drove us down and won it. But refs take it away. Then Zach Taylor makes a call that I don't agree with, but I understand, right? So they call offensive pass interference. Now we go from the, the five-yard line to the 10-yard line. Yeah. It's seven seconds left. We have no timeouts. I'm like, yo, let's take a shot. We got time. You feel me? Our kicker made a 50-yarder and a 42-yarder in the same game. He never misses from a 40 and in. But the second they took Joe Burrow off the field, I said, damn. And everybody in the, in the park was like, y'all good? I'm like, bro, it, Joe Burrow, he different, bro. Like, once you take him off the field, bro, I just knew. I felt like that old Bengal spirit was going to take over my team. And, oh, my God, did it. The kicker pulls a hamstring <laughs> while kicking. Like, what is that? <laughs> Like, bro, like, how, how does, like, what is our look, bro? What is our look? The kicker pulled a hamstring while kicking the game-winning chip, no, the game-tying, sorry, chip shot field goal, bro. It's like a 27-yard field goal. Pulls a hammy, smokes that thing way to the right, game over. And it took me a minute to get over it because... One, I felt like they the refs kind of stole it from the rookie. And look, granted, he overthrew John Ross for a touchdown earlier. John Ross still should have caught the ball. Then he overthrew AJ terribly for a touchdown. He turned it over a couple times. He a rookie. He's gonna make mistakes. So we had opportunities to win the game. If we yeah. like, if I'm a player, that's what I'm looking at, right? I'm not saying yo the refs did this. If I'm playing or if I'm coaching, but I'm a fan, so so forget that. Yeah. You feel me? The refs stole it. You feel? Me? We had some opportunities. We turned it over too many times, but I felt very good with, with what I saw, man. I saw a dude. I didn't even talk about the 49-yard touchdown run. That was, bro, did you see that in the highlight? The, the Burroughs run? Yeah. Did you know that was an audible? I did not know that. He, like, our coach, I watched the post-game interview, and Zach Taylor was like, yeah, he audible to that. He wow. saw the way the defense was lined up, audible to that, because they was rushing so heavy off the edges yeah. And boom, straight up the middle, wide open, waits on the block, sets it up, and run up. Like, bro, like to make a play like that in your first start ever is like, it, it let me know that this dude is what we thought he was. It's why his name has been pinned to the top of my Twitter since like last September. You know what I'm saying? Because <clears throat> this is what I saw. And this, like, this is what I thought I saw. So I feel very good. 
going forward, while I'm heartbroken about us not getting that win because our schedule is pretty damn tough and yeah. win's not going to be easy to come by, that Chargers team defense was very good. Their yeah. offense, while they got weapons, their offense just wasn't that great. You know what I'm saying? Tyrod yeah. Taylor, he offered some challenges for us because he's mobile and stuff like that, and Mike Williams yeah. is a mismatch problem. But we, we held Keenan Allen pretty quiet. Eckler didn't really do much. You know, my, my coverage, but my defense looks so damn good. Like, I'm very proud of them, dude. But, um, you know, it just wasn't enough, man. It wasn't enough, you know. It's a heartbreaker, so man. So Bro, when close, I saw the so highlights, <laughs> that kick, man, I saw the comments talking about it. It's like, what if he was just so embarrassed about that kick that he instantly went for the injury, the fake it's injury? Like, It's oh. possible. It's possible. It's very I'm not possible. ruling it out. But I'm just not the type of person to really uh, jump on that to feel better. To jump on kickers because I don't trust yeah. them and I don't have like high expectations for them. So I'm that <laughs> You're type. You're talking of, to the yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and you you understand this. So it's like when a kicker missed the game winner. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I figured that we should have because I, I really just don't have high expectations for kickers, bro, and, and especially in those situations. Yeah. And even though he had hit two clutch – well, not clutch because it's the middle of the game, but two – a 50-yarder and a 40-something-yarder that same game, I had yeah. zero confidence when he walked out on the field. When when Zach Taylor sent them out, I was like, yeah, we lost. you know. But he was saying that we didn't have no timeout, so he didn't want to put Burrow out there because he knew if he got sacked, that's game. And I'm yeah. like, I feel you, but, like, bro, let's run a fade. Like, yeah. we got big-ass receivers. Put AJ over here and either Auden Tater Higgins over here, take a quick shot. Like, we got time. Yeah. And so I really thought, like, our coach kind of um, – he shriveled up a little bit and he yeah. made a call that I don't agree with. And, you know, it didn't work out for us. I just wanted Joe Burrow to have an opportunity to win that game because if you play Madden, like, dude, X-Factor was glowing, bro. The X-Factor was glowing. He was, he was ready. He was moving. He was, he was hot. He was on fire, bro. He was doing what – well, he do. It's what Joe Burrow do, yeah. bro. We seen him do it at LSU too many times. Yeah. And uh, you take him off the field, like let him kick the field goal. <laughs> <laughs> at that point, let Joe kick it, bro. Play. Like he can kick. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, it hurt, bro. I had I went and hit the weights after that, dog. Cause yeah. I couldn't even get over it, bro. But uh, today I'm better, man. We'll I think we'll look better. So anyway, this week our teams play each other. Okay. You know, we ain't gonna stay on this for too long. We'll talk about it afterwards. But I do okay. want to get like a quick. Let's have a quick. Uh, what, what what's your expectations? Talk to me. I, but despite what happened on Sunday, uh-huh. I feel good. I yeah. feel good. I feel yeah. very good. Okay. And you know, if you want, why do you feel so get into it now? I, I I don't think I can reveal anything until we officially talk about it. So it's now or later. Do you want it now? I'm I'd love that to, because like the next time we talk, it's gonna be after the game. So oh, okay, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, because the game is Thursday. I think that we are going from an A tier opponent to a C tier opponent. Okay, and that's not disrespectful because you, you mean guys you don't mean are figuring out. <laughs> like, like you mean you don't mean any disrespect? You can't tell me how I feel about what you just said, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, go ahead. Anyway, I'm just I'm just playing. But um, <laughs> no, I mean I think I think the Browns are going to come out, and I think they're going to be pissed. I think there's going to be a huge bounce back. I think the offense is going to look much better. I think they're going to control the tempo of this game. Dude, what I saw from Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, man, I was impressed when they when I'm they got the ball. Terrified of those guys. They are beasts. They are. They are beasts, man. That's I would fact. take that tandem over 
pretty much anyone else in the league, man. The, the two of them, man, their versatility and how good they are. Yeah, man. So I think if the Browns get up early, control the tempo of this game by running the ball and then some play action off of that, I can see this game being, you know, I was thinking about a prediction. Realistically, I think it's going to be like a 24 to 13 type of game with the Browns on top. I think their defense is going to bounce back. I think, uh, I think now they have a little bit of film. It's a short week. Uh, they get a little bit of seeing what the Bengals did in week one. It's, it's, the defense is good, but I think the Browns offense will bounce back, and I think the defense will look much better. I think the D-line of the Browns is going to overwhelm the O-line for the Bengals. And you I think, think our D-line is be better totally than the Chargers? It's, it's close. I mean, what, I, would take, I would take Miles Garrett over Ingram. Bosa, um, you got Joey. You would take him over Joey oh, Bosa. Over, okay, it's a rival. It's okay. Yeah, Ingram probably is the, better than the second best guy on the Browns for sure. Okay, stop, don't take, start with Ingram. Let's start with your best guy yeah, and yeah, their best guy. So you got yeah. Bosa versus Garrett. Let's I say let's call it a wash. Great. Yeah, it's a wash. Then you uh, got Ingram. Ingram and, and then Vernon. Vernon hasn't impressed me enough yet, so I'd give the advantage to Vernon. But the D tackle. Then you got Tillery. Oban Toby is fucking dog, bro. Oban Toby is cold, bro. He I was is like, such yo, a beast. He is. He's he's a so, beast. Like he is. Him and Richardson just stuff the middle, man. You cannot run against those guys consistently. So I feel a lot better about the rush defense. I'm not saying that Joe Mixon's going to get stuffed, but I have such such more confidence in the run defensive line aspect of it than in years past. Yeah. So I feel good about that aspect of it. And so if the Browns can can stop the run. I don't see Joe Burrow lighten them up. I just don't. Maybe a touchdown, but that's probably it. And I see the Browns getting in front and handling the game. Okay. Controlling the clock. Now, let me say this real quick. I have to preface because, you know, this is, it makes a huge difference. Like, I, you know, it's not a cop out at all. It makes a yeah. big difference. I don't know if Geno Atkins is playing yet, right? That does make DJ Reader went down. Now, they said it was cramps, so he should be fine. But if those two guys aren't out there, it's, it's over before it starts. Like, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are going to destroy us if we don't have our two starting D-tackles. Like, like they would any team in the league if they didn't have their starting two D-tackles, right? Yes. If those guys play, we're still going to have a long day with, with Chubb and Hunt. Who's going to beat y'all is Baker and Odell. See, Yesterday, what Chubb have like sixteen carries? He had ten carries. <sighs> right? But, and I know y'all got behind. I understand yeah. y'all got behind. But it's like, bro, I just really feel like y'all wanna be somebody else. Like y'all wanna be like a hot the Chiefs. Like that's how Baker act like he wanna yes. go deep, but it's like, bro, you play the Oklahoma, bro. Throw the crossing route. Just throw the yeah. the, the, the drag, bro. It's open. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't know if he's ready to really buy into that. He's going to want to come into Cincinnati. He's going to, or I don't even know where we play. It's Cleveland. All right. He's going to want to, he's in Cleveland. He's going to want to make a statement. We little brother. We ain't nobody. So he's going to think he can come out and just bum us to death. Now, if those Hail Marys work, it's over. But if they don't work, and I don't think they will because my DBs are pretty good, then y'all going to have to, like, I think y'all going to be in for a game, right? You're going to come out. Y'all going to be real high at the beginning of the game like y'all always are. But if things don't go y'all way early, I think y'all going to fold up. 
even if y'all take a lead, like say y'all go up 14 nothing, y'all still going to like, all right, we good. And y'all going to lax because to me, y'all just don't have that that gear to like keep to keep piling it on, you know what I'm saying? I just don't think so. And we'll see, I could be wrong. I don't, I don't anticipate Joe Burrow scoring less than 17 points. We should have, bro. Like some of the throws he missed, I don't I don't think he'll ever miss again. We missed two wide open like 50-yard touchdowns. Like wide open. That Chargers defense is nice. Like they're really good, bro. They didn't have Derwin, but you know, they're really good. <laughs> and um the way we played in that second half, I, I think we'll look a lot better um, in this game. You talk about having no preseason, none of that stuff. Again, this is my guy's first. That was his first start ever. That first half yeah. was rough. But we was in the league. Like, we still was in the game. You know what I'm saying? Had an opportunity to win, and we made so many mistakes. I think we'll play better on Thursday. And um, I think we'll have another opportunity to win the game. Will we win? I don't know. But I think yeah. we'll be in it, and I think we'll have a chance to win. And then yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens from there. You know? All right. Yeah. I'm excited, man. I, I, I really am excited. I think it's going to be a good that's, game. That's only if my D-tackles play. If my D-tackles don't play for the record, I don't think we have much of a shot. Just, to, just <laughs> okay. honestly, I don't. Because y'all run game is really good, bro. Y'all run game yeah. is really good. I'm, I'm hoping that's true moving forward. Bruh. Dude, it is good, it, but if you Chubb can't run the ball because you're losing. And Hunt are like. I was no, watching that game like, man, those dudes are nasty, bro. That's a nasty yeah. deal. Yeah, I, I only got off my couch and like fist pumped and yelled like three times, and it was like every time they got the ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like only when they got the ball. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Anyway, should we talk about some other, the other games? Um, reaction. Can, I, I watched a few. Like I didn't watch. I watched y'all games real close, and then I watched yeah. our game at three. So you know, I had other games on, but those were my main two games I was watching. Yeah. Um, the yeah. other game that I was kind of paying attention to was um, I wanted to see how Cam was going to look. So I watched – I had the Patriots game on, like, on the side. I was very I – was, I mean, they played the Dolphins. But I yeah. was very pleased. Like, I like how they used Cam. Like, they used him in a way that made me feel like, you know what, he's going to last throughout the season. Like, unlike in Carolina, he's not getting banged on every play. He don't have to yeah. do all the heavy lifting. He's got some good coaching that's going to put him in some good situations. And – um yeah, man, I, I like what I saw. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I saw, Brady? like, Brady. I didn't, see, Brady I didn't see that game. I didn't see it because yeah. they played at the same time as us. So when we played, I just had my entire screen just us. And I didn't look okay. at none of the other games. So. I understand. My partners was watching thing. it, so I was hearing about it. I know Brady didn't play yeah. great. I know he threw, like, I saw that pick six highlight, but I didn't watch that game, yeah. unfortunately. I, Why wasn't it prime I, time? I yeah. wanted to watch it. I just feel like people were – People are on this like, oh, the Patriots are proving that it's Bill Belichick and Brady's gonna suck this After year. After one and week, that's like when the, the Patriots like play the Dolphins and they play the Saints. Yeah, I that's think it's ridiculous. Yeah, so, I, and I know that's like how people are. People overreact. So I'm not gonna act like I'm high and mighty for not overreacting to that. But I, I'm, ex I'm excited to watch Tampa Bay, man. I, I think their offense, yeah, the yeah. potential, like he threw some balls that just looked so beautiful, and like Mike Evans on deep balls and stuff. I just, I just really like the potential of that offense and just watching them. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And I think the know, Saints have a problem. Like I think Drew is over the hill, bro. I really do. Yeah. Well, like, did he's you throwing see the, one yard passes. <laughs> I'm like Drew. You know what I'm saying? Like I, 
I don't know, man. Like he he made a few plays, but I'm like through the course of the season because I lived in Louisiana for so long. My wife's a Saints fan. My friends are Saints fans. I watched yeah. a lot of Saints football throughout the years. Yeah. His arm is almost like completely gone usually by week six or seven, like over yeah. the last two or three years. And I'm just his Nerf gun. Yeah, man. So and this was week one. So I'm just like, I don't know, bro. I don't know. The well, Saints are amazing, a great team. I just don't know if Drew still got enough to get them to where they're trying to go. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting looking at Brady and Breeze because it's like as if Brady re-constructed like, his throwing arm, like how it looks when it comes out, because he puts like these deep balls that just look beautiful and effortless, yeah. whereas like Breeze has this kind of like, I don't know anything about quarterback mechanics, so, you know take this with a grain of salt, but like when he throws it, it like doesn't look like there's going to be much umph behind it if it's going deep. Whereas when Brady throws, it's like this smooth, effortless. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, I, I believe in it more. I believe in Brady's arm more. I'm, I'm stretching. I'm jumping a long way and just jumping to conclusions. But I know, we all know Brady's had the surgery on his shoulder. And I wonder if like there's like a lack of pliability there. You know what I'm saying? And, like, Brady, we all know he on the whole TB12 joint and working on extreme flexibility and all of that type of stuff. And you yeah. can really see, like you're saying, in a throwing motions. Because, like you say, yeah, yeah. Brady, Brady's throwing motion is so damn smooth, bro. It's like a good golfer. You know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. uh. Whereas, yeah, Breeze is already kind of trying to launch that thing. And it looks like he's trying to get it as far as he can. I don't think he could turn that arm over with the same, like, fluidity that yeah. like somebody like a Brady can at this point, you know, yeah. which ain't a knock. The man like 42, 43 years old and yeah, he had sur man. shoulder surgery. So I ain't trying They're to like, knock him. I'm just, this is what I see though. You know what I'm saying? They're in uncharted waters right now. Like, oh, for no sure. one's done this for sure. So, uh, you know, this is the, one of the last things I want to say just to get this out. I don't want there to be an expectations for the viewers to think that we're going to cover every game and have analysis for all your individual teams. Cause I've already seen some comments about that. Like we watch our teams and we yeah. will watch other games and get bits and pieces of stuff, but we are going to be focused on our teams and what we want to talk about. And if we happen to talk about other games, that's just, so be it. But we're, there's yeah, no we, expectations like the that, for us. That interests us. Like, yeah, cause I'm not, we're not like uh, the national media where we got to try to cover Every team and then do a terrible job of covering like all the smart mark of the small market teams. They don't be knowing nothing about the Bengals. Yeah, so that's yeah, they pretend like they watch the Browns. Yeah, no way. <laughs> yeah they have no clue what's going on. <laughs> so, yeah, bro. I mean, I think um, that definitely shouldn't be like the expectation that we just gonna be able to go through every yeah. single thing that happened in every single game. Because like I watched the end of the Cowboys um, Rams game. You know what I'm saying? But I only saw, like, I saw, like, the last quarter because, again, I was at the gym yeah. trying to pump out anger from that L that we took. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I came um, back and caught the end of the game. I got 10 or 20 seconds left in my timer. Should I we keep it going or do you want to end yeah, it? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and end it, man. So this was episode two of Sports Therapy, man. I hope y'all enjoyed it. You know what I'm saying? Next week is going to be really good. Our teams are playing each other, so you definitely going to get reactions to that. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter because you're probably going to get some little early reactions, especially if it go well for me. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, man, thank y'all for watching. Thank y'all for listening. We're going to catch y'all next time. Sports Therapy, peace. Peace.